0: What up, Player Profiler faithful? It's Kiwoom. Welcome to another episode of The Game Plan. First things first, please subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel if you're not already. Smash that like button on this video, and please leave a comment about how great this episode is. Today, we are diving into one of my favorite topics. My guests and I will be talking big picture dynasty theory. <laughs> Cannot wait for this. So gang, get out your pen and your pad and let's start game planning to take our dynasty prowess to the next level planners today i am joined by an incredibly and i mean very special guest he is the host of the people's dynasty podcast of course i am talking about one of the hottest new shows on the player profiler network the dynasty Warzone gang say what's up to randall memphis young what is up memphis
1: Hey, man. Uh, I, I like. I feel like this is my pro wrestling entrance. Like I could come in, I should have a steel chair, maybe hit someone <laughs> over the head. I'm excited. You know, this has been one of the coolest parts about bringing the Dynasty Warzone over to Player Profiler is meeting all kinds of cool new people like yourself, like so many others. And when you reached out and said, hey, you want to jump on the game plan? I'm like, you're damn right I want to jump on the game plan because... Yes. You know, that's the one commonality, whether you're in redraft, best ball, dynasty, whatever. The, the common thread that runs through the player profiler content creators is we all love football in some yes. form or fashion. So whenever I get a chance to jump on and talk ball, I'm going to talk ball.
0: And, and we got a chance to work together when we did a big mock draft uh, on the uh, the GOAT district. A couple months, maybe a month or so ago. So that's where we were able to link up, and that all happens because now we're all collaborating together at the Play Profile YouTube channel and getting things going on this network. So we love having the Dynasty Warzone. You guys are awesome. It's a great show. The topics you guys bring up, and I'm super excited for today's topic. We're talking Dynasty Theory. If you want to be a part of that, which I highly recommend you do, stick around, and we're going to talk Dynasty Theory. But before we do, we got to hear from the Podfather as he talks a little bit about FFPC. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy
1: Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, Hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget promo code Underworld to get you twenty five dollars off your first team. Twenty five dollars off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Hey, real quick, may may I add something real quick to that? Of course. So we have a lot of people that are going to see the title. They're going to jump in for Dynasty. And Dynasty is a growing format. You hear Matt Barry talk more about it. You hear the fantasy footballers talk more about it. Those are some of the high-level people in the industry. What the FFPC does is if you, like, man, I've played played Redraft for 10 years, and I really want to go play some Dynasty, but I don't have 11 friends or 11 people that I trust that would keep a league going. Mm The best part about the FFPC that's not in that commercial is that they've never had a league fold. So if you want to play Dynasty, you can pick your stakes. They've never had a league fold. So if you invest in a startup, you buy an orphan, no matter what, that league's going to be there in a year, in two years. So if you're doing a productive struggle, if you're trying to fix up an an orphan for long-term dominance, the FFPC is a great choice.
0: Oh, what a great nugget to add! Because I do—I would imagine that if you're new to Dynasty, uh, <clears throat> the the concept of your league folding after a year kind of negates the all the fun that goes into Dynasty. If you're doing a productive struggle, if you're doing a full-on teardown, you need more than one year to do it. So that's a good point. So get over to FFPC, get into one of these leagues, and you will have a chance to get better and better at Dynasty Football. And if you tune into the game plan of Dynasty Warzone. Ooh, maybe you'll bring home some hardware. Memphis, before we get into Dynasty Theory, i got to surprise you with a couple of questions. I always ask my guests with some stuff off of the show sheet, off the cuff. But here's question number one, and then here's the follow-up. How, how long have you been playing fantasy football, and how would you describe your fantasy management style?
1: Well, I don't know what year I actually started, but the year that I started and learned a hard lesson, well, you don't draft during the early in the NFL preseason because the first year I played serious dynasty was the year Michael Vick broke his leg in training okay, camp and yep. and he missed like like the first third or half of the season and he was like my number one overall pick that year. It was when he was with Atlanta, so you know 2022 20, years ago, so it's been a long time. Started playing with uh, my uncle and some of his friends and it just I thought I was playing dynasty as I've educated myself and learned more. It was it was really just a glorified keeper league. We kept one yeah. quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and then we we drafted around that. So it was keeper transition to dynasty down the road. My management style, it depends on the roster. It depends on the move. And that's something we're gonna talk about today as we jump, as we jump in. I don't have a style. You have to adjust your style to the league you're in, to the league mates right. you're in that's, that's the one disadvantage of like doing a startup, like with people you've never met, whether it's the FFPC or, you know, 11 strangers you met on the internet, it's, you got to learn their, their style, but ultimately no matter where you're playing, you got to have a plan. And, And I don't ever walk into anything without a plan. And sometimes the plan gets derailed and you have to make some adjustments on the fly, but I'm, uh, I'm a medium-level aggressive guy. Like I, I, I tend to do the opposite of what my league mates do. Yeah. So if my league mates are aggressive, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. If my league mates are, con- it's kind of like the way I play poker. If the mm-hmm. table's conservative, I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive. You can't do what everybody else does and expect to have a winning result. So I modify it based off the group I'm with.
0: Uh, I love hearing that the zigging when others are zagging, it's a way to get advantage. You know, it's sometimes it doesn't always work out. I'm assuming, but at the time when it does work out, it works out in spades because everyone's going one way. You're going another and kind of throw them a little monkey wrench there in the works. It's funny. I asked this question to everybody, right? And, the, the consistent through line, whether it's exact wording or different wording, it's flexibility and understanding your league, your league settings, your league mates, the tendencies, whether they draft, trade, whether they hoard picks, all of that stuff always comes out in that. And that's why the game plan is so special, because we're getting these these really brilliant fantasy minds on to talk about what they do in these leagues. And you're noticing each and every week, you got to be flexible and you got to know your league. So, oh, thank you for sharing and, and I'm excited to dive into today's topic cuz it's a little big picture stuff here. We're going to be talking about dynasty theory. So, I'm going to not start us off with a question, Memphis, if that's okay. You can take the reins here and I'll pop in and ask some questions and we're going to have a really good conversation about dynasty theory. So, how do you define dynasty theory? Well, for for me,
1: I, I... I've modified this and I've always wanted to, to do this show. So that when you asked me what I wanted to do, I was like, cool. I, I, I'm excited that you ask. I know there's a show out there called Dynasty Theory, but for me, the, the fundamental theory of Dynasty Poker, and I've actually written this out and I shared it with you in the in the show sheet, mm-hmm. but it's the art of drafting, trading for, trading away, or waiver wire acquiring every player as if you know exactly how his career arc will go without the presence of injuries. You know, every decision that is made in dynasty fantasy football can be made in the terms of expected value on the payoff of each transaction and how it relates to the current goals of the dynasty roster. So again, nobody knows for sure, right? If I knew the outcome of every player's career, I would just dominate DFS and yeah. live on an island in the in the Caribbean with a good Wi-Fi connection, but, but I don't. <laughs> but, but 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 I've done my work, and I and, and I understand. Hey, how this is how I see this person's career art going based off their athleticism, where they landed, their coaches, the players around them, whatever that is. And I I only know what I know, and then I trade those guys away based on what I foresee happening. It's it's not much different. I mean, I'm, I'm not Warren Buffett. I'm <laughs> I'm not like a big finance guy, but I kind of operate that way, and, and I, I'm trying to you know get in when the price is good, get out when the price is bad. And then I have to know where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit older in life. So my financial goals for my wife, my family, and I may not be the same as, as a younger person, a Mm -hmm. younger person with more, with more years in the job market may want to be more aggressive with their retirement and their investing because they're trying to build it up. Whereas with me being a little bit older, my wife and I, we tend to be a little bit more conservative. So you have to know what the goals of your team are in order to make those moves. So just just having an understanding, man. I think that's that's so often what, what just gets Dynasty GMs in trouble, and I'm seeing it right now in rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. They're just trading for the sake of trading. Or oh, the, a lot of that. The, the, the biggest fallacy, especially in Dynasty, because it's not the same as the real NFL, You've got to carry 53 players. You've Mm -hmm. got to have 22 starters. And in in most cases, you've got to have sub packages. You got to go nickel. You got to go dime. You got to go three wide. You got to go two tighted. So it's even different in the real NFL. Guys, we're starting eight, nine, 10, 11 players. You have needs, and this draft best player available doesn't always work. It's Mm -hmm. like I was in a draft yesterday. I really needed a quarterback. I didn't need a running back. I was with the 105 and do you know who's been the 105 in just about every rookie superflex draft I've been in?
0: Probably one of the receivers or Gibbs.
1: It was Gibbs. That was exactly right. I'm, I was if I had to rank this roster's wide receiver group, I'd give it a B. Okay. I would I would give this running back group an A. I mean, I've got Najee Brees Hall and one other young stud on this team, but my mm-hmm. quarterbacks are Joe Burrow, who's very good, Mac Jones, who's speculative. And, yeah. uh, who was the third guy? Oh, um, Carson Wentz. Don't, don't tell anybody. But, <laughs> but So I, so I made a move. Maybe I, I make uh, very possible. I, I made a move. I was like, how can I get to number two? And the guy gave me a really good deal at number two. It cost me a little bit to move up from, cause he was loaded at quarterback mm-hmm. and I drafted based off the needs of that team. And it's, it's great that, that that's what we're seeing a lot of right now. Hey, he's mm-hmm. a good player and he's a good player. And they're right. You're a hundred percent right. But a lot of guys can walk into to Lowe's and say, that's a good two by four. Right. That, 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 that's a good pipe fitting, but the real, the real builder, the real contractor can take all of those parts and build a home. And that's what I'm trying to do. So I went and got the quarterback that my roster needed. Yep. Th- that, that's the thing is don't always just quote unquote, identify talent identify what your roster needs, right. that roster needs, and do your best to get the best player available that helps you win. I I, I don't buy a lot of this, uh, well, you don't have to set a roster in, in May. I promise you, promise you, if you're in a league with me and I know that you're severely limited in an area, I'm going to make sure not only that I know that, that everyone else in that league knows that, and to make sure they yeah. charge you a buttload to get out of it. I'm that guy.
0: It, that's fun. And, and you, you brought up a couple minutes ago the the – Kind of the evolution to uh, in the comparisons between the finance world and dynasty as dynasty gains in popularity, the terms you know assets, portfolios, the first diversifying, all of these terms continue to accumulate because you do see that correlation that that kind of relationship between the stock market and fantasy football. You're trying to get in when you can at a low price and try to get out when it's high before it dips down, and it's kind of the same premise. So I'm glad you bring that up, but you're also talking about evaluating your team, setting goals. Is there a particular time of year that dynasty gamers should sit down with themselves, you know, have the the fake proverbial board meeting for your franchise and truly kind of define it? Should that happen right after the Super Bowl? Should that happen in June? Should that happen right before your rookie draft? When should dynasty gamers sit down and have that long talk with themselves of is this team good? Is this team suck?
1: Well, I'm going to answer this question with a question because it's uh it, it should be done twice a year. Now, we're both aspiring professional. This is our main source of income, content creators, but we're not there yet, right? No,
0: you, we're, you, working. You, we're grinding.
1: You, you have a day job, right?
0: I do. Yes, correct. And,
1: and I would assume that once a year you get an annual performance review, uh, and yep. once a, and once a year you get a midterm performance re- review. Hey, yep. we're going to set goals. So, like, like coming out of the off season, like before the NFL goes to free agency in in March, usually yep. around St. Patrick's Day you should be saying to yourself hey you know what what are my goals for this team whether you have one like some people or 25 like lunatics like me like you got to <laughs> go through there and you got to say hey what is this team's goals for this year you know and then you start you know taking some notes and mm-hmm. then you have to attack those goals going into free agency because the NFL is going to shake up NFL free agency is going to shake up the value of your roster right then you got to get through the NFL draft you know like a month ago uh, our buddy Theo he loved Tyler Algier, mm-hmm. and then they drafted a guy named Bijan John Robinson. And, Who he loves and even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He loves
0: himself some B. John Robinson. He,
1: he does indeed, but then the NFL said, not so fast, my friends. Yeah. That's where you take those goals you wrote down in February, and you look at them like right now going into your rookie drafts, and you got to say, okay, hey, you know what? Are we still on track? Did the NFL draft hurt me? Did free agency hurt me? Right. Tony Pollard came out of the NFL free agency period and the draft a big winner. Mm -hmm. If you had Pollard and you were counting on Pollard to be a producer, awesome. So so you got to do it then, and and then you got to do it along the way. Because even the best laid plans, you know, and what we do with with fantasy injuries could, you know, take you from a contender to a, you know, a Mm non-contender. Or a good rookie draft could take you from a, hey, I'm a year away to all of a sudden you're contending. You've got to make those things uh, along the way, but most importantly, you got to give yourself at the end of the season before you write those goals. You got to give yourself that that seasonal performance review. Hey, how do we right. do against our goals? And then give all your players, especially not all of them, because you know if, if if I thought you were given, I don't know, like Zeke Elliott a performance review, I'd feel really sad. But give like your key guys like a performance <laughs> review. Did did Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, whoever, did they perform? Right, And if they did treat it like, like work, Hey, you know what? This guy was performing. He overperformed my expectation. We, we got, I'm going to go out and get some more of him because I don't know anyone else sees it. Or I know we like Deandre Swift. I know we like Trey Lance, but their performance review is not good right now. If I, as a manager, that's what I do. I'm, I'm boring ass middle manager. If I was writing their performance reviews, I'd be like, we're below expectations here. mm Mm-hmm. And if you have a player on your roster that still holds value and is below your expectations, go give them to someone else with lower expectations and, and get something else. So I, I, I treat it like I, like I would run a business. Oh,
0: those are, the, 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 those are some so of the much. business
1: things that, that I do that I don't think others are doing yet, and I hope more people do.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about that, just kind of you can incorporate the real-life business things. And this is why I was so excited to talk to you today. And now just hearing it all kind of play out, it's getting me even more excited because I am of the mind. I don't always look at my teams like a bunch of numbers, a bunch of players. I look at it like I try to pretend like I am the... You know, head football operations manager for the New England Patriots, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. I like to pretend like I'm the guy in charge building a team, and this is my franchise. I do find it tough to maintain that type of uh, momentum for a lot of teams as I get in more and more dynasty leagues. Do you play in a bunch of dynasty leagues or do you play in a select few?
1: I do. I I have a couple that are like industry based leagues that will always be near and dear to my heart. And Mm -hmm. And you can tell they're industry leagues because they're still hosted on MFL. But then we have we we have an amazing patron over at the Dynasty Warzone. It's over at Patreon slash Dynasty Warzone, and I think we're up to like fifteen or sixteen leagues. And I'm in just awesome. about every one of those, or my co-host Jerry Sinclair mm-hmm. is in those. And, and those are becoming more of my favorites. Those are our premium, you know, people who take great care of us, our our, our patrons. So those are the leagues, and I got to remind them who the man is. You know, you got that. So for, <laughs> yeah. for those not watching yeah. on YouTube, first of all, shame on you. You should be subscribed everywhere. Over <laughs> over his, over Maddie's shoulder is a WWE belt for, for, for maniac mocks or whatever these guys do. But you got to remind <laughs> them who the champ is. You got to oh, walk yeah. in there with that belt over your shoulder. You got to remind them, you know, who, who that person is. But yeah, you're always going to have four or five or six leagues that are really important. But just, again, have a plan. Hey, you know what? I So I'm going to do... In January, I'm gonna do because cause you know, coming out of the season, everybody's fried. You know, you yeah, just want to oh, yeah, you just you yeah. just wanna sit down, maybe do a little DFS, maybe a little gambling on like game day. But for the most part, your brain is fantasy mush and you just need a hard reset. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. But then start saying, All right, I'm in 10 leagues between now and February. I'm gonna look over three teams an evening because you're gonna be on your phone anyway. If you say you're not, you're probably lying. You're definitely lying. Throw something on the TV in the background. For me, it's yeah. like right now it's college baseball. This is a true story of my life. I throw on college baseball in the background, and I'm going yeah. through my teams, and I'm I'm, I'm going through my teams because you know the, the 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 noise and the whatever the TV is keeping whatever I need to to keeping stay whole in. But 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 I'm flipping through and going, okay, I can move him, and this team's not a contender, and I finish seven and eight, and 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 you you just go through. And and do it. And, and and here's the thing, it's not really part of what we're talking about. If there's a league that does not bring you joy, January is a great time, is a great time to pull the ripcord. The season's over. Yes. Send yes. the com- send the commissioner a DM and say, listen, brother, I love you or sister. I I love you. It's been a great run, but I am gonna bow out. I want to give you plenty of time between now and the rookie draft to find a new GM. But yeah, mm-hmm. man, you, got, you gotta go through, you gotta go through your rosters and you gotta make sure they're They're really focused on what your upcoming goals are. And they got to bring you joy, guys. This is supposed to be a a hobby, something that's an escape from real life. It shouldn't bring stress to your heart.
0: No, it's going to be fun. And part of dynasty theory is having fun with it. It's about having, you know, we've talked about now, you know, pretending that we're the GM, using real life applications to evaluate our fantasy teams, which is a proxy of a, a different sport. It's a fake stuff. It's all a food gaze, but we love it. We're, we're having fun with it. And if you're not, get out of the league and give your league enough time. They won't look at you any different. You just get on out. Uh, even in my long running home league, we've been playing out for 12 years. Uh, and I tell guys who are thinking about leaving, I'm like, listen, you can still come to draft day you can still come to the meetups when we have a bunch of guys go watch the games in week eight you don't have to be part of the league you are part of this brotherhood that started this league so you'll always be a part of it and if your life takes you in a different angle where you can't play because i'm a psycho there's other psychos in the league that i i'm playing like crazy you know you can bounce out so that's another part of dynasty theory that i think uh, not is not talked about enough have fun with it if you're not having fun all of this stuff that we're talking about all this nuanced topics all of these these tools that you're bringing into your dynasty tool belt they're going to be irrelevant because you're just gonna be miserable no one likes showing up to a miserable job that's why they say what is it what's it saying if you do something you love you never work a day in your life so if you love fantasy it should never feel like work and we are now in the part of dynasty which it's the most hectic trade seasons are turned back on. Rookie drafts, all this stuff is, is mayhem. So do you have any you know personal secrets or or, or or anything you'd like to share when it comes to player acquisitions in general, whether it be rookie draft, trades, free, all that good stuff this time of the year? It's so busy. Well, i, I got
1: three, and we'll start with one for a contender. Okay. Is, don't be afraid to move next year's picks. If you're a contender in 2023, where should your 24 first be? At the end. Toward the back end. Yeah. Are those going to be valuable 24 picks or are they going to be less than valuable?
0: They, be- uh, your league yeah. mates will tell you they were a shite. That's what they'll, they'll tell they're, you. They're going to say, I'm
1: going to value this at the 106. Good for you, buddy. You, you go right ahead. You value it however you want.
0: <laughs> How and, and, many times and, I've heard, oh, oh, do you want this 111? That's basically a second round pick. No, sir. It's a late first. But your and, league mates will tell you it's a second.
1: And, I, and, and you can always spend that. Nope. You know what? A future first should always be considered the one Oh six. Cause we don't know how this is going to go. Yep. And, and I recently did this. This is a team where I won the championship last year. This is probably based off the roster I have is it's last year of real contention. I've got Stefan Diggs. I've got mm-hmm. Cooper cup. You know, I, I made a move. So I'm very fortunate. I've got Garrett Wilson and Brandon Ayuk, So I've got some young guys coming behind him. Mm-hmm. I lost Tom Brady. I got lucky and made a trade for Geno Smith, but I've the, the, got Austin Eckler, you know, Miles Sanders, George Kittle. This is a team that's got some guys that are going to help me win, and it would take a real catastrophe right. for me to lose. But I need some young guys, right? So I had the 111 in this draft. I traded for it, and I wound up getting Wilt Levis. I don't need him to start, but I needed him. But but then you know I'm looking and I'm I'm blaming the pod father for this one, by the way. I'm blaming the pod father and I'm gonna blame Theo if this does not work <laughs> out. But we're at the like the 204. Mm-hmm. And Roshan Johnson's there. And I'm I, I've become, thanks to Theo, thanks to the Pod Father, I've become a very much a Roshan Johnson guy.
0: Roshan Johnson. Oh
1: Roshan. Him. So I traded mm-hmm. what should be a late 241st, mm-hmm. and I got the 204. And the 303. And I was like very happy to do it. So I drafted Roshan Johnson, yep. who again, this team needs youth. I'm, I'm hoping that the back end of the season on a contender, he can contribute to my to my team this year. And mm-hmm. then when the 303 got on the clock, I had another GM offer me a 24 third and John Mechie for the 303. Couldn't hit couldn't hit accept on that fast enough in this league. It's a start three wide receiver format. I'm a big Mechie guy, but I used my 24 first. And in, in the range that should be worst case scenario, 108, 109. And if everything goes well, it'll be the 112 mm-hmm. to get two guys that I think will not only help me now, but guys that I'll think that will be helping me in, in two and three years and hopefully keep yeah. this thing going. But that's like a contender's version. I yes. have some more. If you, you have anything to add. Of course. on.
0: No, I mean, I, I love what you're saying about this because I think now is the time where the dynasty community would see a trade like that and go, That's not the what you do. Why would you trade a 24 first who has Drake May in the class, who has Caleb Williams in the class, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the class for Roshan Johnson and John Metchie? Why would you do that? And I'm of the mindset that sometimes, like you you said this earlier in the show, sometimes you got to show the league who daddy is. You got to show up and you got to show the league who Papa is. And you're trying to win now and you're trying to set your team up later and sometimes that means throwing some big capital on the table, some big dollar dollar bills to get the players you want to help you win and one thing that never gets brought up and I would love to hear your thoughts on this when it comes to trading future picks time, time is rarely brought up but you can go get yourself if catastrophe ensues your league underperforms your team is crap in, in ways you never thought imaginable you have enough time to go get 2024 firsts. So trading it now, it almost, it doesn't devalue a 24 first, but it definitely suppresses it to the point where, It literally does nothing for your chances of winning Now where Roshan and John Mechie Could be intricate like they could be Massive parts to this championship Run so it's worth it now It makes more sense now where If you go put this into a a calculator It might not come if you go to the trade Analyzer and play a profiler it may not Look in favor of you but you know your team You sat down in January You put out the goals you laid out Exactly what this team needs to continue To win and then you go out and do that So I think that's a, a great point more to talk about dynasty theory is you don't always have to follow what the community is saying in terms of evaluating assets you know your team and your league better than i do better than memphis does better than anyone does so if you know this is going to be the missing pieces who cares if you're overpaying get your guys you got enough time to hedge your bets later on if you find uh that to be the case so uh i love you talking about here for contenders do you have anything you want to talk about for non-contenders productive rebuilds the guys who are not looking to win in 2023
1: I do. And then I'm going to throw in a, a bonus strategy at the end. So for non-contenders, yeah, you know, this is where you can use resources like the game plan podcast with my boy, Maddie um, first class fantasy with Theo and Billy, by the way, another little January- war zone. No, well, 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 I too. appreciate that. But, but like, here's a little hack best ball guys like Theo, like Billy, they're, they're giving you the keys to the car. They're giving you the answers to the test. They're telling Mm -hmm. you in January and February, these guys are playing high stakes. You know what high stakes means? A lot of money. They're playing high stakes best ball in February, which means they've already got projections on who's going to be good. Mm -hmm. I do a little cross-referencing. Hey, he's going to be good this year, at least according to these guys that I trust and value their opinion. Their dynasty value is low. I'm going to go get them. And then when Theo and Billy are right, because inevitably that's what Theo and Billy do. They get it right. (laughs) <laughs> and then when they're right, I can then move that player later for a, a profit right. or I can continue to build my team around them. But for the non-contenders, that's why you, you you hang out to all the player profiler shows. And this is going to sound counterintuitive. but let's use this year's class on a Superflex as an example. So let's say you're the GM who did a productive struggle and you had like 101, Bijan, you nailed it, 103, Bryce young, hey, great job, you got to be safe there. But maybe you're sitting on a 108. And a 109 because you you know you've got you know because you're in a league right where someone's got three or four firsts and mm-hmm. they're rebuilding. Well, you you've got some good pieces to build around, but in this class, because you've listened to all these shows, you know, around 108, this class gets super dicey. Yes, it gets real, it gets really it, for me after 107, because that's Jordan Addison, that's the line of demarcation. Yes, man, it, there's agree. a whole tier for me from 108 to 208 that those guys are very much interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Start start shopping that pick. Hey, can I get can I move back from 108 to like 203 and or 204 and get that person's 20, 24 first? Because you're gonna wind up in a tier. You're gonna wind up at 203, maybe getting Kendra Miller, maybe getting Marvin Mims, who well, I got news for you, is no more or less likely to hit than Quentin Johnston or anyone else in that range. So, but what you're doing is, is you're still gonna add another guy at 203 but you're getting more of that future capital. You're adding mm-hmm. on because you, you know, from, from, from listening to us, Hey, you know what? Zay flowers. Okay, fine. Maybe he's the guy in Baltimore. Maybe not, but why wouldn't I give up that one Oh eight? Cause there's always an eager beaver that wants to move up. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a Ravens fan or maybe he's a, a, a Justin, a Justin Herbert GM and he wants to get that stack with Quentin Johnson. Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm, ha- yeah. I'm happy to help you. And then, you're moving into another wide receiver or running back that's really no more or less risky, but you're just adding that extra draft capital. So you're still getting the same amount of rookies, but you're also adding to your first.
0: Yeah, and if you have a tier of five guys, sometimes taking the decision out of your hands can be masterful. I always have this example. The 2017 rookie class was one of the most stacked running back classes, if not the most stacked running back. Class. Oh, it's not F it's the, best it's the back. best running back class that we will ever see in the history of pigskin gridiron football. And uh, one of the guys in my league had the 108, I want to say, and he was not happy with having that. He kept trying to move up, kept trying to move up, because if you remember, Corey Davis was also a big-time prospect that year, and he was kind of going in that 104, 105 range. So all the running backs went bam, 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 and then he was looking to get into 105 so he could get Cream Hunt, could not get him. So everyone's gone off the board. He ends up staying put. He wants Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman gets sniped. Guess who he ends up with? Alvin freaking Kamara. And Never he heard of him.
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: And he ends up cleaning up. So sometimes removing that decision can work in spades. So if you got the 108 and you want to move back and get an additional asset and get the last guy in your tier. Do it. I mean, get those those extra bonus assets because you're going to use them. And all of a sudden you might be looking at a team and I'd love to get your thoughts here uh, uh, in terms of your productive rebuilds. If you like to pivot or if you stay the course, because you might be sitting there in week seven and just the stars aligned. You had some weak opponents. You had some you know, guys you were playing against, had their quarterback hurt in the first quarter. And you're looking at this. And you're like, damn, I'm seven weeks in and I'm, I'm five and two. I wasn't expecting to be here. So if you're halfway through the season, are, are you likely to pivot and then start selling those assets? Or do you like to stay the course with your productive rebuilds?
1: No, I mean, I'm, I'm here to make money. I don't know about yes. you, but, but it, it, it's fun to and play. Win. It's, we it's we, more we fun want to, to win. It's more fun to win. And if you're ahead of schedule, I will do that. But I will say this. I like to wait until like if your league has a trade deadline. League has a trade deadline. I'm making those deals right at the trade deadline, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to be happy to walk away from a bad deal. I'm not going to make a bad deal just because I'm I'm contending unexpectedly right. and I'm going to overpay for a Christian McCaffrey or a Saquon Barkley. Actually, I'm going to take that and I'm going to do one step less. I'm going to take the guys that are playing well that aren't that expensive. Like last year, you could have got mm-hmm. Jamal Williams for like a late second. That's the perfect guy you could have added. Not going to break right. the bank, gonna help you win. And we saw. We saw what what that guy was doing. You're, you're still protecting your future assets, but you're you're shopping in the bargain bin, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that because those are it's fleeting, right? You you could make the playoffs. You could you know win one round matchup. You just gave up you know all that precious draft capital you saved up for an aged veteran to make a bad run.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm all for adding points to your roster. You know if you're un- unexpectedly contending. But mm-hmm. do so on the cheap, man. Go go through, and if you're gonna pay premium, I want a premium back. If I'm gonna pay, you know, two firsts and a and a, and a project player, then I better be getting Brees Hall. I better be getting. Right. I better be getting a, a Garrett Wilson. I better be getting a guy. Why did I say two jets? That just feels dirty automatically. <laughs> Someone well, in I'm, the chat just
0: said they were a Jets fan. It must've been like fresh. Uh, I, yeah,
1: I know, but that feels dirty. But, I, but if I move <laughs> in major capital, I better be getting good and young at the same time. But I do have one more acquisition strategy for you. Of course. And it's a shameless plug. So here it goes. So, so, so one thing that I love doing, so you're familiar with Alan Sleslowski from the, of course, fr- from the Sonic truth, as well as Wire. He yep. and I did a show uh, on, on, on Wire, but he, he created this thought that I did in research for his show. I like to go uh, depth chart, dumpster diving. I recently did a podcast on this with veterans. You know, it's like, people don't think about it, but like right now, Kyle Phillips, the slot receiver with the, mm-hmm. with the Titans, that guy's free, and, and oh yeah, and he's good. You know who else no one's talking about? Who Keontae Ingram? He is mm-hmm. he is literally going into year seven. James Connor away from real relevance this year, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about him. You know Jerome Ford. The pod father and I had a conversation about Jerome Ford, and I like Jerome Ford. He's not a pass catcher. He's taught. He's caught ten passes between his time at Alabama and today. But you know what, Demetric Felton who's on that roster? He's listed yes. as the third stringer. That guy caught 55 balls in one season in college and in his mm-hmm. first year. I think he had some injuries last year, but his first year as a pro, he caught 18 of 21 targets. There's your pass catching back and we've seen Cleveland is moving toward more of a pass yes, friendly offense. Oh yeah. Why aren't we out? like I'm in two industry leagues where Demetric Felton is on the waiver wire. Guys, mm-hmm. waiver wire dumpster diving, because then if I'm that contender and I drafted well. And we're going to do a two-parter this coming Sunday night at 9 p.m. on this very player profile or YouTube channel. We're going to do the rookie version. We're going to give you guys six, eight, nine rookies of guys that that are like, a, like an eyelash away just mm-hmm. by going to our lads and looking at the depth chart. But then when you hit on some of those guys, you hit on some of these rookies or you find those treasures, those are the ones that if you're a contender, that's going to insulate your roster from injury as the season moves on. If you're not a contender, these are the guys you flip midway through to contenders. You paid nothing. You paid nothing. So if you you got him off the waiver wire, you got him in the fifth round. Don't be greedy. Some of the best gambling advice I ever got was from an older guy I played blackjack with. He's like, sometimes you got to walk away. He's like, you can't win the table. They will not let you take it home with you. Sometimes you got to be happy with your profit and move on. And that's the way you got to do. So this year in your rookie draft or your waiver wire, if you use this theory of depth chart dumpster diving and you hit on two or three of these guys, that's where there's some uh, some good profit to be made. And that first you gave away during your rookie draft, that's where you flip a guy like James Robinson. And I know that's a one-off miracle story. Yeah, But maybe maybe this year it's Isaiah Pacheco. That guy that you got for nothing and you need to recoup that first, there's your guy. That's how you turn... That's that. That's how you constantly move and stay nimble in a in an ever changing market, which is dynasty.
0: Uh, I love two things. What you're saying here: first, that you played blackjack with Kenny Rogers, because clearly that's who that was. Knowing when to fold them, right? That's his beautiful
1: hair, changed. by the way. Beautiful, yeah. even 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 at <laughs> that advanced age, other... is a beautiful head of hair.
0: Great head of hair. But you know, we talked before the show that we are both baseball guys, so we follow baseball. And a lot of these techniques, a lot of this dynasty theory, I think we kind of both learned it through baseball because the GMs of baseball, they play way more like dynasty uh, fantasy sports than any other league because they're wheeling and dealing. And a term you used earlier, like we don't want to mortgage the farm even when we're winning if we weren't sure we're going to win. We want to go get bargain bin players. We want to go get guys off the scrap heap. Go d- dumpster diving throughout depth charts, looking for the Kyle Phillips. Another one might be Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is in line to be the second wide receiver in Atlanta. And if they do turn it up a notch, we've seen Mac Hollins have productive weeks on less than productive offenses as recently as last year. So you go dumpster diving, but you don't want to mortgage the farm. I love all these things. And I love how you broke it down to three concise different parts here: contenders, productive rebuilds or non-contenders, and then just overall everybody. Cause now I think regardless of what you you've decided when you've had your team meeting you now have a couple of tips to go for. But now I want to talk about a little bit more. So we've talked about the general dynasty theory. We've talked about some of your personal secrets in in building your teams. But now I'd like your big picture golden rule for trading in dynasty football.
1: It should be your number one goal anytime you're doing anything of, of, of importance to you, whether that's being a, a husband, a wife, a father, uh, an employee. What's the goal of this? If you're putting significant time and action that has value, what is the goal of this trade because right now i am watching a lot of my league mates making trades just for the sake of making trades because mm-hmm. what I do is when I see and then I try to capitalize on that hey I see this guy's just making dumb trades and you know I'll say and I'll just ask him hey, is there anything on my roster that interests you and then i then I start looking at their roster and think what can I pick off mm-hmm. you know is, is this guy going for picks cool hey you know what i got the 209 what are you doing with Miles Sanders there in Carolina? It doesn't really seem to, you know, I, I'm looking to pick off value, but when I make a trade, I have a goal in mind and I I've been labeled by some of my league mates. It was like earlier this offseason, after that conversation, I see our friend Harry snowman in the, in the YouTube chat talking about Jerome Ford. He's a Jerome Ford guy. Yeah. After that, uh, after that conversation with the Pod Father, I started going out making some of these offers. And now I'm doing it on guys like Keon. The other day I went in like a big money league. It's like my one of my bigger money leagues. I'm in it with Theo. Yeah. And, and Theo knows me well enough to know. And I'm I'm looking at like he's got Keontae Ingram. And I don't even send it to him. I don't even want to tip my hand that I'm looking at Keontae <laughs> Ingram. I, I just I just try to go, what's my goal? Does this does this trade align with my? Current goal, and am I at least in the realm of getting a fair return? Mm-hmm. Again, have a goal. What what do we? Because if you if you like, if you go to the gym without a goal, you're just wasting an hour, right? You know, if 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 you you know if you you, you want to get promoted at work and you just want to get promoted, but you don't have a goal because you haven't had that conversation with your you know, your supervisor, then you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Have a goal. Have a plan. Here's what I want to come out of this trade with, and I'll, I'll tell you a great little trade. Now we talked about baseball. I was actually—I love baseball. My son plays baseball. I was actually a much better wrestler. And one of the cool. things about wrestling is, if you ever tied up with somebody, when you push into them, they want to push back. So sometimes I'll just throw out a bad trade—not not, not bad, like so bad that it offends them—to like get them off the scent of what I'm actually looking for, okay. and okay. then I'll come back over the top. Well, hey, I noticed. Okay, you don't you don't want, okay you don't want to move. Uh, Who's a good, a good, you don't want to move Kenneth Walker in light of the Zach Charbonnet news. Cool. Right. Hey, w- what about Keontae Ingram? I'm just trying to look at, I'm just trying to add a little running back depth. Cause if you go oh, straight yeah. in, you go, you go straight in for it and say, Hey, uh, Keontae Ingram. Cause with me, I always get the, what are you up to? What do you know mm-hmm. that I don't know? Every and, time. Yes. And then I've tipped my hand. i like to go back to a poker analogy. I've let them know what I'm on to. But if I if if I make them a, a too low, not low ball, Again, never try to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. But if I if I give them a lower than expected offer and say, "Look, dog, I'm just trying to get some RB depth here." Hey, what about this guy? Hey, we're in the middle of the rookie draft. Hey, would you take three hundred one for Keontae Ingram? Mm-hmm. Well, sure, they will, because because they want to make that rookie right, exactly. pick. So, yep. so 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 that's where like again with re- with the wrestling, you lean into them, and when they lean back, you just pull them. They're pushing mm-hmm. for you, so you just pull them. And all that momentum carries you over to where you want to be. And that's kind of some of the things that, that I do with trades. And, and one last thing. Of course. I never mind losing a trade because I win a lot of leagues. I, I've had many a trade go, hey, oh, man, the, the league's like, oh, man, you, you you lost that trade. And I'm like, who won the league last year? There it you know? is. Side eye with the, with, the, with, the, with the who won the league. I, I want all of my league mates to put me on blast. Don't redact my name on Twitter. I am always happy to lose a trade cuz I've always seemed to be winning or in the the mix to win leagues.
0: That's you know you cannot be afraid to slightly overpay to get the goal sometimes in fantasy football analysis we lose track of how hard it is to win even your home leagues it's not easy to win so if you can get yourself a championship it's okay to overpay that's why i always tell myself it's okay to slightly overpay if it matters in terms of winning the entire thing now memphis are you a fan of uh or have you watched any quentin tarantino movies
1: yeah yeah i've, 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 you, you've I've watched seen Django. You know, it's the one that, that I've not made it all the way through. Now yes. uh, hateful eight hateful eight's great, but I but I'm very familiar with with Django.
0: So there's a scene in Django where they're going to save Jamie Foxx's wife and he's talking with the dentist. Um and he's he says, we got to go get her. He's like, we can't just go get her. They know what they'll be like. What are you doing if you're coming to just get her? So we have to go and try to get something bigger and then just come away with your wife and we'll save her. And I use that concept in fantasy and you kind of touched upon on how you do it. So this is kind of how I do a similar method where if he has Keontae Ingram and I want him, I will make an offer for Kenneth Walker and Keontae Ingram. And I'll make sure it's a, not a low ball offer, but I'm not looking to overpay. So it's going to be at that 88, 80% threshold. So if he says yes, I'm like, okay, I got Kenneth Walker. And if he says no, I say the same thing. Okay, fine. Seems like Kenneth Walker's your guy. What's it gonna take for just getting Keontae? And more often than not, exactly what you say. They go, well, "I see, you got that three one. Let's make that trade." And the entire time, all I wanted to do was trade that three zero one to get Tiante Ingram. But when you it's go to mag- someone,
1: it's what make magic. what it's what make magic work. It's, it's sleight it of hand. It's distraction. Got- it's right, it's, right, it's right.
0: illusion. Yes. Look this way. I'm coming this way. Because especially if you do content, you do content, I do content, people in your leagues can literally hear what you're saying. And I'm I'm about the fantasy life. When I come here and talk on trade gods or the gameplay and I talk about a player I'm looking for, odds are I'm in an active negotiation for that player. If I'm looking to sell, he has probably been placed on my trade block in my league. So I am talking about what I'm doing. And there's a lot of times you go, well... Well, I guess uh, I'm not trading you, Keontae Ingram, after you had that great talk with Memphis. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. So then I have to get crazy with it, get crafty with it. And that's a couple ways that we like to do it. A little sleight of hand. Look for someone else. You may be slightly underpay, And then you come away with the player that you wanted the entire time. Great, great talk. I, I mean, just hearing you say that, I'm like, yes, I do this all the time. I love this move. It's the old bait and switch. It's it's a great move. And the bait and switch, that's our tactic. Uh, are there any other uh, real-life business concepts that you use in fantasy football? And feel free to t- dive into all of them because I'm loving this conversation, and I want to hear everything you have because so far it seems like we're very similar gamers, and I'm, I'm definitely going to get a few things that I can add to my tool belt and use on some of my sucker league mates right after this show's over.
1: Well, I've got two for you. One is it's it's the efficient markets hypothesis. And I'll just read the the, the boring dictionary or I guess the, the investopedia definition. And, and the efficient markets hypothesis states that the market price for shares, i.e. players that we're using. So I'll say it in dynasty terms. The market price for players incorporates all known information about that player. This means that the player is accurately valued until a future event changes that valuation. Because the future is uncertain, injuries, overperformance, etc. Because the future is uncertain, an adherent to the efficient market hypothesis is far better off owning a wide or diverse swath of players and profiting from the general rise of the overall market. You either believe in it and adhere to uh, it passively, to to a broad market investing strategies, or you detest it and you focus on only picking players based on growth potential. So what does that mean? So here's the big part for me. Whatever you take away from that, you can throw efficient markets hypothesis in your own Google machine. But the part (laughs) that sticks out for me is incorporates all known information about a stock or a player for what we do. All Mm -hmm. known. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you know, but it's not public knowledge. Like, how how soon did you know Aaron Rodgers was going to Green Bay?
0: Uh, what do you mean, going to, going to New but, York? But,
1: but, yeah, I'm sorry. So, from Green Bay to New York. How yeah, soon did I mean, how, January? I as mean, like, soon as yeah, the season it was like over? We knew
0: in February. Yeah, it seemed like we knew right away.
1: So, why did it take so many Dynasty gamers to wait until he was actually signed, sealed, and delivered to go move on Garrett Wilson? Because the minute he did, you know what his dynasty value did? It went up. Mm hmm. Why did everybody wait until he was officially in New York to go get Jordan Love? We knew he was – now Jordan Now Jordan Love is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You, sometimes you have to take what's known and what's provable. And I knew Aaron Rodgers was not going to be the quarterback in, in Green Bay. So based off what I've known, I can go make moves on Jordan Loves. I can go out and maybe try to move off some of that Christian Watson – you know holdings I had because I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be quite as voluminous, if that's even a word, quite as voluminous. It, 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 it is. Oh, I make up words all the time. It's great, <laughs> um, but it's not going to be as as robust from a pat. I think you're going to see. It's like why AJ Dillon, low key guy. I'm out because he's a. Not, not only is he like going to be more featured, I believe, but I, I believe that because he was a a a, a big sleeper, a big go to guy last year who who underperformed you're going to get that post hype sleeper discount Yep, and you're going to get a guy who's, who's in for a big productive role because Aaron Jones, he's going to take care of Aaron Jones. If he's got even the, 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 the of, of, of like hamstrings or calves, cause he, mm-hmm. he knows he's probably getting cut in the off season. So the, those, th- that's what I know. I mean, if, if if like your best friend was on the, and I use a lot of metaphors and analogies, so just bear with me, but if your I best friend, your, if your best friend was in like the real estate game right and, and, and he or she told you that, Hey, this, this neighborhood downtown is going to get completely revitalized. They're going to put, you know, all this money into it and they're going to build up that part of the city. What are you going to go do? Well, you, you, you know, now it's not, it's not come out in the newspaper yet, yep. but you know. Something's going to happen. You know that property is going to go up in price. So you acted on that incomplete, not solidified information, and you made out like a bandit. That's what you have to do in an efficient market because when you have the dynasty nerds and you have the the fantasy footballers and you have Matthew Barry educating more and more dynasty players when you really should be a player profiler, but you see we're next level. But but (laughs) as more of your league mates get educated as to what we're doing with dynasty, you need to be able to take it to that next level because they're always going to keep it very down the middle, very basic. And we're going to help you outperform an educated to a degree fellow owner by using things like the efficient markets hypothesis.
0: Right. And and sometimes you're going to be wrong. You're going to build these narratives. You talked about it earlier when your definition of dynasty theory was putting together paths, narratives, uh, outcomes and kind of catering your business towards those outcomes. And you're going to be wrong. You're going to say, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, so let me get Garrett Wilson now. Let me get Jordan Love now. Let me get rid of uh, Christian Watson now. And then all of a sudden, boom, bang, boom, he goes to whatever, another team. The Texans, Titans, whatever. And you're like, ah, shit, I was wrong. But it's okay. Because it's, if you're right a couple times, you're going to cash in enough.
1: As, as long as you have like a confidence in yourself to be, to be wrong in anything in life. You know, I mean, you know, I was confident that, you know, Trey Lance was going to get traded in the draft. He didn't. He hasn't he didn't, as of yeah. yet. But you know what? More often than not, you know exactly how these scenarios are going to play out. But I have one last one for you before before we, we move to anything else. And I love this one because it's 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 not used enough in dynasty space. And it's the greater fool theory. And the greater fool theory proposes that you can profit from investing as long as there is a greater fool (laughs) than yourself to buy the investment at a higher price. This means that you could make money from an overpaid stock or player as long as someone else is willing to pay more than you pay for it. Now, eventually you run out of fools and the, and the, the market for any investment or player becomes too hot. Yeah. But, 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 you know, like, like this year, I think this is the, the last year that you'll ever get the, the King's ransom for Justin Jefferson. He's the 101 in redraft, you know. Now, the one thing that he's got going for me, maybe he's a bad analogy, but like, yeah, I don't know. You, you you know, that would be that running back right at the age apex, that wide receiver, right? At, Terry McLaren comes to mind and that super bums me out because I love Terry McLaren. Yeah. L- but, but like last year was the last year you could pay market for Terry McLaren because every year after it's going to start going down. But that's what it is. You can, if, if you say to yourself, Hey, I'm going to go trade for whatever player and I'm going to pay this, I know I can get out of it because the market's going to stay hot enough that I'm going to get out of this, you know, Christian McCaffrey, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, I can get out of it because someone's going to be willing to pay more. The difference is between what we're doing and like the the finance analogy is that injury, especially at the running back position, can can really blow up in your face. So be very careful about paying market for players near the age apex, you know, player profiler, the breakout finder, the dynasty dominator. They do such a good job of identifying that player's apex value in dynasty, but, but just be careful. Like last year, if you'd have paid market after like week four for Brees hall, like maybe it was two firsts or whatever it was. I'm, I'm theorizing here, but if you'd have paid that, you didn't get hurt because he's only going into year two. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if you'd have paid that for Christian McCaffrey last season and, and he tore an ACL, you're never getting two firsts back again. Whereas like right now in your rookie draft, you could easily get the one Oh six and a future first for Brees hall. Right. So you got to say, hey, what am I paying? What am I going to get a year from now? What am I going to get two years from now? And, and just how do you – so that's just another one that I like because I also like the term greater fool theory. As I, long I, as I you mean, can find a bigger fool than yourself.
0: <laughs> the greater fool theory is the best thing that's been brought up on the game plan probably in the history of the show. And I would know that because I've been here for every single episode. So Memphis, that was – so I thank you for that. And I actually been, I, I do use this theory without even really knowing it and what I do in my leagues. And it goes back to the point that we started this whole show with being flexible and knowing your league. If I see a player available in my trade, in my league, especially my home leagues where I know everybody and he, uh, a certain player hits the trade block. And I know this team manager loves this player. He's been a fan of this player. Maybe he rostered him a year ago, two years ago, whatever. And the price is right. Even if I don't need that guy, I will buy then so that I could possibly flip at a higher price to that fool in the league. Because you know that they will always love that player. Like for me, I am a DJ Moore believer to the day I die. I do not roster him in my home league. And I know that if he has a good season, that player, that owner will come to me and try to oversell DJ Moore. I'm going to have to, you know i'm gonna have to remember this because uh, our man john in the chat says what if you cannot spot the guy that means you're the guy my friend if you don't know who the fool is in your league look at the mirror because it's probably you so that could be me with dj moore if i don't remember this theory so uh, i like to do that and uh, to, uh, just buy players that you know at a certain price so that you can spend it and get something bigger later. So greater fool theory, the best thing that has ever been brought up. Now, Memphis, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up and send our listeners on their way for this great Saturday afternoon?
1: No, th- but this is what we do all the time at the at the Dynasty Warzone. Um, there's a lot. I mean, uh, not to put the boss over too strong, but, but the podfather, Matt Kelly, and all the guests that he brings on the Mind of Mansion – He does such a great job of, you know, identifying great players. Again, uh, if if Roshan does or does not work out, he's either going to get the the credit or the blame. Yeah. But so, 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 so in business and life, you can be the same as better than or different than. So when I started listening to dynasty content years ago, I try to be different than I try to to bring content because, you know, at the end of the day, Matt and I actually agree quite a bit on players for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, on players player value and stuff but if you're going to be in in that thing in that content creation why am i trying to compete with the best why am i trying to do that at the level i'm going to do something different than that and i think Mm -hmm. that makes the dynasty Warzone a good uh, companion piece to some of the other dynasty podcasts you listen to whether that is the sonic truth whether that is the the mind of mansion Um, anything with cody carpentier is is special Maddie K. Womb. I'm not really going to say that too loud, but you know, Maddie here is great. Uh, he puts out great content (laughs) in and of his own right, but just, just hang out, just hang out at the, 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 the player profiler YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. the player profiler megaphone channel, all the podcasts are there. Oh yeah. If, 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 you like this one, listen to it each and every time. If you don't just knock it out of your queue, but subscribing, listening, I appreciate John and Harry Snowman and and all these beautiful people interacting. That's how you help us. That's all that I ask is in return. Um, Subscribe everywhere, interact with us, and and help us grow. That's the only thing I would leave you because we're going to do our best to help you build winning dynasty rosters, fantasy rosters, in-season rosters, make moves. But that's how you help us. Yeah, Harry Harry and the group. Harry Snowman, he's the man. Rob is the man. In in, in all caps, smash the like button. Guys, you know, I I make up words, right? We talked about this. I (laughs) I make up words. It it is the freest way to help any content creator. It is free. It costs, it's it's free 99 to go into, go into your YouTube and subscribe. Notifications on or off is up to you, but subscribing helps. Going into the, the, the Apple or Spotify and leaving a review helps Absolutely. you have no you have no idea what your thumbs up what your like what your subscribe, what your review does for us without ever even having to open your wallet and if you want to do that we offer tons of good stuff it's the mm-hmm. ffpc it's the dynasty dominator it's the all-in package it's you know patreons we have one prayer player profiler has one all of these ways are ways you can do it financially but guys totally free to help us out that's all that i would ever ask
0: Yes. A great point. I'm glad you brought it home and I'm super excited and so happy that you came on. But Memphis, before we go, make sure you tell other people listen where they can find you on socials. Because you gotta check out the Dynasty Warzone. It's such a great podcast. Monday nights, right? Every night, every Monday night it's out.
1: Well, that's the top secret new podcast that will be a player profiler only podcast. That's going to be starting, I think, a week from Monday. We're going to keep that one under wraps. We don't want some. Okay, the secret. I almost blew the secret. We don't want some 'er ne'er-do-well to come in behind us and and snipe our concept, if you will. Sunday nights. Right now, until the season starts, me and my co-host, Jerry Sinclair. uh, We're doing Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on this YouTube channel. If you want to watch live, cool. If you're like Memphis, I don't really do the whole YouTube thing. Dig it! Subscribe to the Spotify megaphone because it's going to be a podcast on Wednesday morning, so you can get it both places. And nice. if you need me, I'm at D W Z, as in Dynasty Warzone, at D W Z Memphis. The show's everywhere at Dynasty Warzone. Hit me on socials. Hit me up. Uh, I try to help people when I can. Uh, if you want me to help you in a, in, in a trade, here's the, here's the move, the game plan. See what I did there. Ties it all back. <laughs> just tag me. Not me and 74 of my closest uh, dynasty analyst friends. Just me. Yep. I'll respond. Or you can just shoot it to my DMs. I do my level best. But, yeah, you can find me anywhere at DWZ Memphis. The show's at DWZ.
0: Love it. And thank you again for coming on. You can find me on Twitter at, Matt, at Mattie Cume. All my stuff comes out. Play at profiler.com. Trade gods each and every Thursday with my man Jason Allwine. Uh, we got I got the executives Patreon, me and Cody. So subscribe there as well, and make sure that you're doing uh, yourself a service by checking out Dynasty Warzone and all the great stuff that we have at Player Profiler. Like and subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment about how much you love Memphis and the game plan as a whole. So keep game planning, my friends, and I'll see you next week. Peace.